and so Ares turned sour that night. He's mine now, not Tywin's, and he'll serve as I see fit. Fella Morghulis! Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Man. It's your favorite full spoiler reboot podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, Reading a Star Soul. I'm Nate, interrupting Zach on his brand new intro. Hey, guy. Nice intro. I'm Zach, the guy with the tooth pain here. So uh, if I have any reason to suddenly cut out during a sentence, forgive me this episode. But it's been a hot minute. It's been a little bit. Since we've been here. It's a new year. It's a new year. It's a new year. The holidays hit us hard. Uh, Our households, as I assist Nate with the kiddos in getting them to school. So our households were hit with about a sickness right around the time of the new year. And to just make sure we were safe, we were all isolating and taking precautions. And thus, Nate and I were not able to gather as much and record like we wanted to. But we've worked it out. We've got a schedule. We're ready to start getting content back out to you lovely, lovely listeners who have still been killing it. Yeah, for us, yeah. uh, as far as and new listeners and new all listeners sorts of, right. from all over the world, and, and cool. we just appreciate the hell out of you guys uh, sticking it's with us. Where we are here in Southern California, things are still tense as far as COVID is concerned, and like everywhere in the right, world, right? Like everywhere, and so we're just you know trying to be as safe as we can. <sighs> but we're here today to discuss some Jamie. Fuck yeah. And move forward with this Storm of Swords, because we ain't done, we ain't baby done. birds. Yeah, we got so much left to go we through. We got two and a half books left of this, and, and then We have the knows? best book coming up. Let's just chill. So, last episode, we had a guest. We had a wonderful guest. It was Chloe from Girls Gone Canon, and we had our Superman spreader, Aria 8 event. Yeah. And it was a great chapter where Aria met and discussed some things with Edric Dane and Gendry, and then eventually ended up falling into the hands of the Hound, Sandor Clegane. Whoopsie. And it was just a great time. We loved, of course, having Chloe. And It was so much fun. Uh, based on everything we've seen, you guys really seem to enjoy it as well. So show some love to Chloe because we're forever grateful for that. But yeah. this episode, we're reading Jamie 6. Jamie 6. And last we had left Jamie, Jamie had arrived at Hall after losing his hand and was he, in so let's let's rephrase that from now on because i mean he didn't lose the hand it was just removed from him after having his hand removed Thank he you. arrived at heron hall into Bruce bolton's care who was immediately disgusted by the way jamie had been treated and sent him to the bath which we got the famous bathhouse scene with Brienne and Jamie where Jamie right. reveals events as they were under the rule of Sir Ares Targaryen and then passed out and then Brienne and Jamie had a terrifying dinner with yeah. Roose Bolton and his squire Olivar Frey where they and I'd like to point out this for the next chapter an episode we'll be doing but we learned that Roose Bolton was the one who sent the Glovers down to Duskendale. Yeah, fucking Duskendale. Fucking Duskendale. So we are, it's a big clue as to what Martin is setting up. Yeah, Bruce was know. playing the game the entire time. We are, Jamie uh, took some time We didn't even mention up. that we're full spoilers, so Red Wedding's happening and everybody's right. going to die. So Yeah, new year, new us. It. Like, fucking new Jamie chapter, who dis? 
Yeah, uh, Oliver Frey was in attendance. Roos was playing the game, and Jamie picked up on that a little bit into dinner and looked at Brienne wondering if she realized what was happening at this dinner and thought of her as just such an innocent, but was then... They were told that they're under his care and that Brienne... Brienne, though, she she isn't. She She's she's just a nobody to... She's Selwyn Tarth's daughter is about the only important thing right. about Brienne. And he, Roose Bolton, and I'm doing quotations here, serves the king in the north, not his mother, and therefore will be returning Jamie <laughs> as such. And Brienne is, is basically accused of treason. So... Jamie Six, a storm of swords. Kyburn has declared that Jamie's arm is no longer a danger, which is good because Jamie is anxious as shit to put Heron Hall, the Bloody Mummers, Vargo Hope, and Brienne of Tarth all behind him. Bye. Okay, bye. Yeah, he's fucking done. This with place it here. sucks. I'm out. Suck my dick. I just want to go home. I, I still wanna... have it. He just wants to go home. I want to see Cersei. He just wants to go home. I want to see Cersei. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Kyburn is going to be accompanying Jamie as he's hoping that Tywin will restore his chain. I so much enjoy just Kyburn. Just creeping around these <laughs> man. Just making his way Worming through. Worming his way in, yeah. So they're going to be led by Steelshank Walton. Steelshank He's Walton! He's the little envoy down to yeah, King's Landing. Uh, and Jamie sizes him up almost immediately. Uh, and lots of people have. We won't be the first, but we're going to do it a lot. Compare Jerry, Jamie a lot to Tyrion in this chapter, and I think this is one of the first examples where Jamie notes, based on his own experience, he served with people like Walton before, Steel Shanks. They would kill, rape, and plunder when the war was going on, but when it was done, they'd then go home, tend their fields, raise children with their fat wives, and they obeyed, but they weren't cruel like the Bloody Mummers are. And so he, he he's already got, he thinks, the measure of Steel Shanks, which is right. important for... And it's kind of... Um, what the fuck is his name now? I just lost it. The leader... The the one that Tyrion appointed as head of the... Bywater? Yeah, yes. Jason Bywater? Jason Bywater. Yeah. He's very much that. He's stout. He's going to listen to his, his command. Yep. And as long as it's it's very Stannis-esque and he's going to follow He'll the command of his... Yeah, and it's so, absolutely. Yeah, Steel Shank Walton's definitely... That that for him, right? He'll he'll kill, he'll rape, he'll plunder, he'll do whatever his lord tells him to do. But then he'll go and raise a crop, raise some kids. Two parties were leaving Herring Hall that same morning. Roos Bolton had meant to follow Sir Aenys Frey, who had marched three days before northeast towards the King's Road. And Roos asks if Jamie will be sure to give his warm regards to his father. And Jamie says, "So long as you give mine to Rob Stark." And Roos says that I shall. So, this is that some things, some some words are like an arrow that once loosed can't be recalled back. Right. And I don't, I don't think Jamie's quite with it enough to understand. He doesn't understand what what's going to be happening to Rob to Stark this, to this extent. No. And so Jamie doesn't quite know that these are the last words that Rob Stark will be hearing before the knife plunges into his heart. But it's just so impactful that we get the line delivered before the line gets delivered and it's 
It just makes Roose Bolton seem all the more fucking deadly that he's the deliverer of this arrow that Jamie Lannister right, loosed right. from Heron Hall, and he's going to carry it. We just got told the route he's taken, three days march northeast to the King's Road, and then from there to the fucking Twins. And so it's just a... Uh... Love and marriage. Love and... He's going to, to the wedding, man. Jamie goes over to just talk some straight shit to the brave companions, Zolo, Pig, Tim, and Shagwell, and Rorge, which uh, Shagwell, Rorge, them, they are also from Arya's chapters. Yep. You know, she yep. had some fun time with... She freed them. She saved them. And Rorge basically tells Jamie to fuck her off, fuck her off, bug her <laughs> off, and fuck her off, you cripple. But... Jamie does, but not before reminding them, of course, that Lannisters always pay their debts. And Zolo, just to be reminded, is the one who actually did the deed on Jamie's arms or hands. So Jamie, Jamie's not forgetting that anytime soon. It's kind of funny that he's making his own little list here while those two are already are, on. Are on Arya's, yeah. So he he finds out that Steelshanks has no intention of taking the King's Road. We're nah. we're cutting through the wilderness. We, he realizes the danger of traveling with Jamie Lannister is really what it is, and I'm sure was instructed by Roose Bolton to stay off the King's Road. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get down there. So uh, Jamie makes note here that he's dressed as a knight, but almost feels anything but with his stump. And then we get some little details here about the shield that he takes, which bore House Walston's sigil, which House Walston is a pretty fucked up house that was rumored to be dabbling in some dark blood magic and fucking sacrificing kids. Dark shit. Really dark shit. But also there's the the shield swapping Um, with sigils is a direct call to Dunk. uh, Dunk the Long. Jamie sacrificed a kid. Jamie, yeah. He eats him off a tower. He he eats him off a tower. And and there's a lot of parallels between Jamie and Bran in this chapter as well, which is irony. But this here, the shield switching and bearing a different sigil of a different house is very reminiscent of Dunk, Dunk the Lunk, who had to have a shield repainted because you can't bear the arms of another, another house. house. But Jamie notes that he would be no one's cousin, no one's enemy, in short, no one. Which, lol, 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 you just said someone's making a list with two of the names that Jamie plans to pay back and... Here he is thinking that he'll be no one on the road, which is something Arya has already been achieving. Right, She's right. been no one mm-hmm. for. She's taken on how many different personalities? Right, for at this two point. books now at this point. And yeah, they took leave of Roose and his host six miles from Harrenhal. And yeah, Jamie is just anxious to get back to his sister. And he thinks if they're quick, he might even be able to arrive in time for Joffrey's wedding, which, yeah, he would have if <laughs> he hadn't stopped to turn around but it's interesting because what would it have been any different nothing if jamie was there nothing would have changed. i don't think yeah like, i don't think he would what could he have done tasted been his ta- wine tester yeah that's the only thing that could have stopped that but yeah sales hanks is like no trouble well, i was ordered to see jamie safely to his father that's what i mean to do and this is where jamie starts to realize that he's been yeah, this way yeah i love this him reminiscing on these Especially from when he's reminiscing, yeah. the day that he, the day after he was knighted for the King's Guard, and 
at that same fucking tournament, you know, the most famous tournament in the history of Westeros. Yeah, King Aerys had made a great show of it, and when Sir Gerald Hightower had raised him up and put the white cloak about his shoulders, a roar went up that Jamie could still remember to this day. And I think that's great, because that's the high high. That's the only, only good memory Jamie has of being in the Kingsguard. That and that's nighting. what I think is so vital about this chapter is this is Jamie is the exact same fucking thing as Gregor Clegane, uh, Sander Clegane, sorry, uh, in that the Kingsguard is doesn't mean for him what it meant means for everyone else that's in it. Being a knight doesn't mean the same because it was of a, this. it was a tool. It was a tool for Cersei for, to right. get him closer so that they could stay fucking. And then she got yeeted back to Casterly Rock anyway. And it was a tool for Ares Ares, to fuck Tywin. Jamie wasn't, he was a pawn in it. And so everyone giving him shit that he broke his vows, this was all bullshit to him anyway. It's an arranged marriage. It's it's an arranged marriage that he wanted nothing to fucking do with. And so, like, I think this is just so vital in painting his sort of disillusionment with the Kingsguard as a whole, that it never meant to him the same thing it did to Gerald Hightower or Barrist in the Bold, because how could it when he was just literally appointed to fuck his household right. over? It wasn't because Sure, he was will... talented. He Right. But... It was to take that talent away from the, the house right. that he was from, and of course that's going to sour any 16-year-old who actually is gifted and has something to offer the world, other than just their household name, yeah. and it's yeah. brilliant. It's great. And so Ares turned sour that night. He's mine now, not Tywin's, and he'll serve as I see fit. That's a real good Mad King, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. Damn. <laughs> Ares had said that Jamie would win no gold and no glory at Lord Wen's tourney, and he sends him back to, a, to, to guard the queen and prince, Prince Viserys. And even now... The thought was bitter to Jamie, and and there you go, hook like there's the, there's the bit. That's yeah. That's his resentment that he can't get over is the fact that he was just used. All of his potential, all of the things he wanted, didn't matter because of the Game of Thrones. So it's fun once again to think of the parallels between all the characters and thinking of Ned, who he was rumored to be one of the greatest swordsmen because he defeated one of the greatest swordsmen. And that, if that, you know... If it's true, right. If that turns out similar to the show and how it potentially very well could, um, he didn't get his, his legendary status based on skill. It was just this rumor. And... Jamie didn't get anywhere based on just his skill, as talented as he is. He's probably just as talented as Loris. You know, we see him out tearing shit up on, yeah. the, on the, you know, battlegrounds. But it doesn't mean he should have been appointed as a Kingsguard yet. You know, there's there are we're older, more veteran. Well, right. There, I mean, there's something to be said for what the fuck are you doing making a 16-year-old... In charge, right. you know, being tasked with guarding a king with his life. Like, that... No, you shouldn't be doing that anyway. But yeah, it's and Jamie never gets a chance to prove it now because his hand is gone. Right, like he right. couldn't serve a good order and and do good to fix this now because he's lost his ability to fight. But I digress. I say 
He can only now serve as the proper Lord Commander. Kyburn falls in besides Jamie, asking him if his hand is troubling him, and Jamie says it's the lack of his hand that is <laughs> troubling him, which is very Tyrion. And it says in his dreams, Jamie was a whole man, and then he would wake and realize all over again that his stump was gone, which it's very Bran. Bran was having dreams about walking around and riding Mm -hmm. and having fun, and then he'd wake up and realize he was broken again, which, you know, this some may say, and I think you're right, that Jamie deserves this sort of suffering, this this guilt that is hitting him. Similar to what Theon is experiencing, his comeuppance. And then Kyburn asks if Jamie enjoyed the visitor he had last night and says Pia is quite skilled and very willing, and one, it's twice as horrifying coming from Kyber. Right. Especially knowing what he does in dance, having women given to him by fucking Cersei to do God knows what with down in the fucking creepiness of Red Keep. But, yeah, also knowing what happens to Pia here, because Pia's going to be quite violated by the bloody mummers at Harrenhal. Yeah. Uh, The next time she is seen, her face will be all smashed up. Her teeth will be fucked up. Like, it's it's pretty sad what happens to Pia here. And Jamie recalls that she had slipped into his room and in his bed before he knew what was going on. And then was basically saying that she recalled seeing him at Lord Wendt's tourney when he was young. And so was she. But Jamie didn't really want anything to do with her and had sent her away, which had been hard for him to do, but he did. And where the one place he truly stays loyal. Yeah. Uh, Vargo, we learn, had been sending girls to Kyburn for examination, which I again I think is sort of a direct nod to what will be occurring in the Red Now, Keep. and that's what I was gonna say. Do you think that that was a Vargo Hote directive? Or do you think that's a Kyburn made uh, it a Vargo Hote directive to have all women sent per Vargo Hote send all women to me for inspection? Uh, I could see Vargo trying to maybe win a little bit more favor back, but I could also just see it being Kyburn trying to solidify that in with the Lannisters, and I, I don't really think it matters. But Kyburn also then notes that Pia is quite healthy, as is Brienne, and this is where Jamie gets interested. Oh, no. he's like, you, you, you looked at her because of a ransom? Does her father require proof that she is still a maiden? And Kyburn's like, oh, no, 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 Lord Selwyn offered 300 dragons for his daughter's return, but Vargo doesn't believe him that there's no sapphires on Tarth. And he's like, yeah, he thinks the Evenstar is just trying to cheat him out of some some decent Some extra monies. Yeah. And Jamie's annoyed by this news, thinking that the lie had spared her for a while. Brienne's tough, though, if she struggles. And then he's like, why, why should I give a fuck anyway? It's her fault that I lost my hand if she had just given me Cleos's sword. And there's that defense mechanism of Jamie that, yeah. nope, nope, I'm mad at her. I don't at all feel anything for Brienne. And so he decides, fuck you, Kyburn, and yeah. just leaves. Let's go, let's go Let's go. talk to Steel Shanks. Let's go to Steel Shanks, man. And so, yeah, he goes and starts chit-chatting up there where... Well, he, on the way up, he, he wonders how much his worth is to his father now he begins to wonder what like lord yeah, lord true. selwyn gave 300 gold dragons for his daughter which is a decent ransom that's, that's a, a great ransom for a noble lady 
And Jamie's like, how much would Tywin give for me now, knowing that I lost my stump? And he thinks Tywin now has a dwarf and a cripple for a son, and he's going he's gonna to fucking hate that. But <laughs> that's also similar to Arya, who wonders her worth. Will Rob and Catelyn want me back? Will Will they even want me now that I've killed someone yeah, that, yeah. that I'm gross? But, yeah, they stop to... Did you have something with Steel Shanks? No, 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 oh, you're yeah. good. I'm just... They stopped to water the horses at a burned village. Oh, and... oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought you were... No, yeah. Yeah, so he, I just, he starts talking about uh, Tywin's father, and Tywin's father, Tytos. Lord Tytos, being a gentler sort of lion, um, but that was basically it. I just like that it's kind of one of the few times we've heard about Tytos at all, and it's coming from Steel Shanks, just that, that general mm. standard guy. Gentler. Gentler sort a gentler of lion. sort of lion. A pussy, says Tywin. So how did he raise Tywin to be... Is that just Tywin inherently born to... He then comes popping out, he's like, Ah, for the family name! I mean, yeah, like, he, he, was, he grew up seeing other lords being treated with respect, and then his own father being laughed at by men in his cups, and then the whore thing, where she's taken his mother's jewels, and yeah, no, I mean, I think Tywin was just not raised quite right, and it fucked with him developmentally, and he's got some repressed shit, and he obviously has some repressed shit with whores and sexual acts in the bedroom, and whether or not that's something to be publicized or displayed or he's got some serious shame over sexuality and it's something that's obviously blatantly why he can't look at his own children and deal with their sexual acts. Jamie and Cersei, Tyrion's proclivity for whores, it's that's all linked back to Tywin. Like it's not just fucking an anomaly that rose in these children out of fucking nowhere. It is learned behavior. Like fuck Tywin, he's a monster. <laughs> but yeah, they stopped. They stopped to water the horses at a burned village. Jamie recalls that he's been here as well. The innkeep had refused his coin, coin, saying it was an honor to serve a king's guard. And Jamie wonders if that man still tells the story now, or was he ashamed now that he served the Kingslayer? And Steel Shanks wants to camp here, but Jamie's like, nah. I don't like it. Uh-uh. So they move on. Uh-uh. I don't like it. And later they make camp. Jamie rests his bedroll against a stump. Lol, 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 lol. And. Oh, that's. You, t- you my, flip it that's too my soon. La- yeah, no, I, that's my last page. He's thinking about Brienne. Yeah. <laughs> As he falls asleep. Right. Naked. And then we get into the dream territory. The big bit. Sort of the big bit. I like the end better. But the big bit of the chapter. Naked and alone, surrounded by enemies and stone walls pressing in around him. The rock, he knew. He has his hand again. He is whole. Flexing his fingers is as good as sex, as good as swordplay. So, uh, we'll break that down first. Uh, Naked and alone, vulnerable. The most vulnerable you can be. Surrounded by enemies, sure, uh... That's very reminiscent of his current scenario. I mean, it's just been his scenario for, what, a year and a half? And the two last years three now. books, right. So. And stone walls pressing in. 
suffocation, sure. The rock, he knows. But the, the, the weight of his family responsibility, I'd say, and what what's expected of him, he has his hand. Of course he does. He's full in his dream, yeah. And flexing his fingers is as good as sex, as good as swordplay. So we know that for Jamie, sex equals swordplay in matters of feeling good, which is why a lot of people say that Brienne and Jamie's sword fight in the river, while as sexual as the language is, Jamie is straight up... It's almost them having sex in the river there when they're It's fighting. a very intimate thing that they and, did. And Jamie equates it to such, that it's that intimate, it's that good feeling for him. It gets him those same endorphin rushes. There are tall figures with hidden faces and spears that stand poke, around poke, them. Poke, poke, And he demands to know their business here, but they give no answer only to prod him to descend down the narrow stairs, though he knows he should be going up. Only doom awaits him below. Something dark and terrible lurked down there. Something that wanted him. He thinks if only he had a sword, nothing could hurt him. So this makes me hearken back to a young Jon Snow. Okay. Who dreams of going into Winterfell's crypt and knowing that he should not be doing such. When he's running around Winterfell shouting for people, where is everybody, where are you? He knows he has to go down into the crypt, but he doesn't want to. It's it's almost the reverse of that. Like, Jamie knows he should be going up, but instead he's being told to go down. And uh, I don't... I don't really know, like, that it's anything more than that of just the, you know, the descent down into madness or, you know, the ascension up into, if you head down darker and deeper and well, further. Well, and that's, that's, I think, a big into this part of the King metaphor Slayer moniker. that you're just always forced down into this, this monster role that you're embodied by. Right. And you know you want to go that way. You want to be the honorable knight. You want to fulfill these, you know, what you're supposed to uphold and what the image that you wish you were. But when you were 16, that was ruined for you. So He you enters a vast of... space teetering on the edge of nothing see to me this feels like almost reminiscent a a, just a more emotional interpretation of him at 16 being in puberty he's about to enter manhood a vast space teetering on the edge of nothing and then the spear point shoves him into the abyss and it's a short fall because it's a real short fall for jamie to go from king's guard to kingslayer and I just really do think it's a metaphor for that of this was that was Jamie. He was at the the brink of a vast space, his whole life ahead of him. Who is he going to become? And he fucking killed it at Lord Wentz tourney and the crowd roared for him in, in so loud that it's something he can still vividly recall today, just as vividly as he can recall the bitterness of Ares then telling him. You'll win no glory here. Go the fuck to the Red Keep. And so he... It's a short fall. He lands on soft sand in shallow waters and thinks, what is this place? Your place. And it's in the voices of, like, all All the Lannisters. the Lannisters. Tywin, Cersei, and Joffrey appear among countless others. So we get these three, but I think what's more important is the one who's missing. Tyrion? Tyrion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their mother. Jenna. Tyrion and Joanna Joanna, are not down here. Or Gemma isn't noticed, but Tyrion and Joanna are not down here in this darkness. And so I think think that's pretty... Which is interesting because 
George himself has said that Tyrion is a villain. Right. And so if this, in the metaphor that I'm thinking, is this is Tywin and Cersei and potentially Jaime's darkness. This is where this path leads. This, it's us against everything and f- we will kill anyone who gets in our way because we need the power and we will hold the power versus maybe Tyrion, maybe Joanna's way of being a little more open to, oh, hey, there's an army of the dead coming. We might need to help and aid. And I I just think it's interesting that it's Cersei, Tywin, and Joffrey, the, the three worst... Lannisters, arguably, as far as their actions, the things. Well, that they... not to mention that by the end of this book, Tyrion will be on his way out. Tyrion's yes. out, he's he's, yeah, he's... out the country, and so he—it's almost that I subtle mean, reference. But Joffrey is as well. Joffrey's out Truth. even that... sooner than Tyrion, <laughs> yeah. and so is Tywin. Like, so he asks Cersei, "Why has Father brought us here?" And she says, "Us. This is your place, brother. Your darkness." And Cersei's torch is the only light in the world, which makes me think of Davos. Davos, yeah, with the cell. She turns to go, and he begs her not to, but they do anyway. And Jaime asks, at least leave me a sword. And Tywin says, I gave you a sword. And Jaime finds it at his feet and picks it up, which immediately it bursts into a silver-blue flame. Huh. Anything to that? You know, Stannis took uh, Lightbringer. Took yeah, the fiery sword. You think it's a Zora High imagery? Nah, I mean, I I feel like that's a very red herring thing of of Martin to do. Because technically, in this case, wouldn't Cersei have been? Well, she had a torch, but is she more the Melisandre figure? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah that's what I was. I'm gonna leave you in the darkness, but so to, I don't know. Perhaps the red herring here is that it's not Jamie's whose sword flickers first, but Brienne's whose lasts longer. Because at the end, hers is the only one. Right, right. And yeah, so, his. yeah, but Jamie picks it up, poised, ready. He's weary of the water and what may dwell within, which immediately makes me think of dead things in the water. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the best lines in dance. Uh, but he turns to see Brienne, bound in heavy chains and naked. And she's repeating, I swore an oath stubbornly as she walks up to him. And Jamie easily cuts the links, and Brienne says, a sword, and she begged him for it, which I think, uh, you know, a sword. She's asking him for a sword, and we just learned that sword play to Jamie is sex, and she's begging him for it, like, give me the sword, I want that D, hit me with it, Jamie. Damn. Yeah. I didn't didn't have that, that line in my book. A sword appears on Brienne, scabbard and all, and he can hardly see her in the darkness, but thinks in this light. She could almost be a beauty. In this light, she could almost be a knight. And then suddenly Brienne's sword burned as well. And then Cersei, which I think it's so interesting that it's Cersei's voice calling out to them, says that the flames will burn so long as you live. When you die, when they die, so must you. Damn, sucker. Yeah, is that the long night? Hmm. Um, it's like because it's very Mel sounding. That just sounds like such a Melisandre li- line of, yeah, when the flames die out, so do you mm-hmm. type thing. Um, I don't know because I I really think that it's it's almost his subconscious. Like you could even take it as her saying, "Your light burned out." 
Brienne's is still burning. She's still your, optimistic like, as far you as still ha- you can help with her light. Don't let that light fade out. That's the, the and that's the what f- it sends him back. Is Cersei in is he? It, granted, it's his own subconscious. He's fever dreaming here. He's fever dreaming he's hard. Projecting yeah, projecting his own opinions onto Cersei to tell him. Well, yeah, because it's it's almost scornfully like his own subconscious is like scalding him, like scolding him, like you know. You should be protecting her because you were her at one point. Don't you fucking remember right. when you were like, yeah, I can protect the innocent. I can do the right thing. And then the fucking Mad King was like, yo, suck my dick because your father's a fucking asshole. And I'm a fucking crazed Targaryen piece of shit. So, like, right? yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And so, yeah, I think it's that... It's, it's, Shelter this her, flame. Yeah, Protect and so that she's got flame. that flame there, and her sword. Stays Jamie lit. calls for Cersei to stay, which I think is absolutely what it's meant to be. Of that, he would rather chase that flickering, oh, fickle torch right. over this glowing, bright, shining. And fucking... Cersei, true to form, leaves. Doesn't give a fuck. And Brienne stands tall and strong, and seems to Jamie now to have a woman shape. <laughs> <laughs> Brienne sword, a- asks if they keep a bear down here. Huh? A cave lion? Dire wolves? Some bear? She says twice. A bear. Just, uh, a you know. A bear and right. a bear and a maiden bear. And a cave Dude. lion and dire wolves, which is interesting. Mormont, Lannister, and Stark. Just, you know, just... Doom. Throwing that out there. Doom, only doom, 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 doom Especially doom. since we're, uh, it's funny to think that because we're going to get some Mage and Darcy Mormont in the next chapter yeah. with Catelyn. And Catelyn with the doom, boom, doom, doom boom. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the wedding itself, Sorry. they discuss options. Jamie gets hard thinking of Cersei. And when Brienne, he turns away from her to not let her see his rock hard penis. And when she touches his shoulder, he <laughs> trembles at a touch. Two riders there. And there they are. What up? Side by side. <laughs> Soundless. It reminds him of Eddard Stark riding the length of Ares. That's you, Stark. That you, Stark. <laughs> there are more armored all in snow. And Jamie did not need to see their faces to know them. Oswell went. John Derry. Lewin Martell. Gerald Hightower, Sir Arthur Dane, and beside them, crowned in mist and grief, Rhaegar Targaryen. So, Bloodraven? Bloodraven. The mist. The mist is there. Uh, Jamie says that he'll fight them all, but Brienne says she's sworn oath to protect him. And the shades dismount, drawing their swords, and Jamie explains why he killed Ares, and they all begin to remind him of his duties. The fires on the blades begin to gutter and start to go out, and terror fills him. Only Brienne's sword burns as the ghosts begin to rush in, and he wakes. Wakey, wakey. So we get the guilt of disobeying his vows he let down all the men he looked up to and respected Oswell went even Rhaegar Targaryen to an extent who kind of gives him the you know you were supposed to protect my children the fuck and he's like yo I didn't expect my father question mark Gregor Clegane to smash their fucking heads in right I know like who would have? Who would ever imagine that? Imagine that of a family member, even someone like Tywin. Understand, he's got to do things in war to win a war. 
but to order two infants killed, two young toddlers killed, like... All right, Ned Stark. Right, like... Kill the woman and the babe. No, no. That's what Robert no, says. You don't. Yeah, that's don't. bad. That's bad news. Bears. It's bad. You don't. You don't <laughs> kill kids. Don't kill babies. I just like what the fuck. But yes, uh, Jamie wakes up. Scary stuff. Kyburn. Yeah. We talk about some ghosts. He uh, it, it notes that like he fatherly like comes over and he's like, Sir Jamie, are you are you okay? Don't oh, he's die. Really tr- he's sucking that right. D for some favor. And then yo. Steel Shanks comes over and he's like, Yo, bet you dying. And Jamie's a little feverish. And Kyburn's like, Let me get you some dream wine. And Jamie's like, I've had enough dreams. My dreams is fucking wicked crazy. Knowing right that if he dreamed, he'd be back in that darkness. And then he noticed that the slump. Stump he'd pillowed against is the white of a werewood, and he thinks of Ned Stark and his heart tree. But the stump is dead, and so was Stark and all the others, Rhaegar, Arthur Dane, the children, and Ares. Ares most of all. Once again, ghosts, we mentioned it last episode with Chloe. That the, the werewood stumps. The way the ghosts haunt people, man. It's and uh Specifically having those those stumps. Those stumps, there yep. With the... Mm-hmm. And uh, the the carns, these yes. just yeah. So, Jamie asks Kyburn if he believes in ghosts, and Kyburn tells a little ghost story where he's like, "Yeah, one time, one time, one time, dude. I swear to God, I'm telling you. I went in. I was like, "Yo, what up, demons? It's your boy." <laughs> and like the fucking bed, just, no, he he <laughs> could have swore that there was a woman in a chair. He could. Smell, smell her, air. Her he could even like or... feel the air, like she just had left. There was someone just here, which I also think is such a good, like, what a good choice by Martin to not make it some crazy, over the top, exaggerated. I one. took a picture. Do you know what a picture is? <laughs> and in it, there is this little circle right up in the corner. Orbs, dude. Have oh, you ever I, seen orbs? Let me tell you about orbs. So I've got this little device. It's called an EMF detector. <laughs> But, no, it's it just choosing such a simple... Everybody's had that feeling of, like, you've walked in and, like, it's just that sort of weird, almost Something vertigo of, off, yeah. like, was someone just here? Like, did I just, like, miss someone in that kind of so weird timing the where and... their door closed just as mine did? Like, it's that weird, and it's it's a very relatable thing, and it makes Kyburn's creep factor just... So, yeah, he, he says that his thinking wasn't... Wasn't looked too happily upon over at the He's Citadel, a kook. But that Marwyn liked his thinking. Marwyn. Um, I think Kyburn is, you know, unreliable narrating. I think Marwyn would entertain him and be like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Because he actually knows what the fuck's happening. Right, like, right. what, like, he he's that much higher. Uh, I think Marwyn is of the opinion that, He's a loon. That and... Kyburn needs to get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expel him from the Citadel right now. But I think Marwyn is just that guy who I I'll know, listen to everything. Fool's been to shy. You might be like, yo, you want to you want to do some Frankenstein yo, shit? Yo, watch. I'll summon that bitch right here. Oh, there she is. Yeah, okay. dude. I didn't know Marwyn to do that. Yeah, but maybe he can. I don't I know. I really need to finish reading Fire and you Blood. You need to read Fire and Blood. <laughs> Jamie declares that they have to go back, Kate. We have to go back, Kate. And he left something at Harrenhal. <laughs> but Steel Shanks is like, N- no, we're, we're not, we're, we're going to KL, not. We're not going back to the Harrenhal. We're Heron not going Hall. back to the Harrenhal. We just left there. That would be counterproductive. And Jamie thinks. 
man. What would Tyrion do? And then he goes, you know, Steel Shanks, you're a real good dude. So it's a real shame that you treated me like absolute dog shit and cut my hand off, bro. And he's like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, when you chop my hand off and stepped on it every day and you spit in my hair. What he actually says is, Lannisters lie, Steel Shanks. Has no one told you that? My song to Tywin can make you very rich or can make you very dead. <laughs> and at the mention of gold, Steel Shanks perks up and Jamie thinks... I have him, <laughs> which is very Tyrion. Tyrion. I'm yeah. pretty sure that Tyrion has thought the exact same line in, in the exact same context of offering someone more gold than what they're getting, and I got him. By the time the sun, by the time the sun was coming up, they were more than halfway back to Heron Hall. They arrive at midday with dark clouds threatening rain. It looks so dead. Jamie thinks. Oof. Oof. Ooh, ambiance. This is the same storm that's about to hit Catelyn. Bruin. Jamie, Kyburn, and Steelshanks, the fucking posse, <laughs> start hollering, y'all! Hey, yo, bitch, open! Open the door! Oh, you up there? Open the door! And eventually they're admitted. Harrenhal is a ghost town, which, like, ghost, 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 specifically Harrenhal, because that's where Arya was, the ghost of Harrenhal. And then, eerily enough to juxtapose that, Jamie begins to hear cheering and laughter. And he immediately understands what that means. Ah, shit. Laughter and cheering is so out of place here. Yeah. It can only mean something sadistic Especially, and fucking yeah, depraved. Right. Yeah, like, it's... it's immediately dread fills him because oh, he's hearing fucking a rankous clamor of cheering and laughing. Like, oh, God, someone's getting tortured brutally. So... He goes to the bear pit. He, like, I need a hero. Gallops through Harrenhal. <laughs> like, I'm holding out for a hero. Oh, it's Shrek 2. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's fucking Shrek 2. She's down there and battling the bear. Then we get just such a powerful line. They had her in the bear pit. Like, oh. <laughs> All right. Jamie's arrival goes unnoticed as everyone is watching the show. No shield, breastplate, or chainmail. Only a pink satin and mirish lace dress that was ripped at her left arm, which is dripping blood. So now here's blood. time for my entertaining my tinfoil. Because he was against the Weirwood, and there was mist apparent in his dream, and he was in the bottom of the Casterly Rock, so he thought this was more or less a bear pit without seeing any of the bears. We just assume Mormonts and lions and Starks. So was it? Blood Raven, the three-eyed raven, saying, she's fucking important. You need to re- save her. You're going to be, th- this is important. Go back. And that Well, I was... mean, I think on based on what you were saying about Cersei with the, you know, this is the flame you no, need I to know, protect. I know, I'm just seeing if... that Absolutely, it could be that Brienne has a part to play in fighting back the Long Night, or right. in, if, if it's not that far-reaching, or in Blood Raven's plans, that Brienne is... A vital, yeah, I think she's important. I think she has some. Well, yeah, I think she because she's gonna be. She's got to be in the north, heading to the north. When if she hears about Arya up in the north, you know, being in Winterfell again. I mean, she's and... she's hooked up with Stoneheart and Jamie, and like, yeah, 
Yeah, there's there's gonna be something to give. She she I think Brienne definitely has to reunite with one of the girls for sure. So yeah, it makes you wonder if Blood Raven actually had anything to do with that that fever dream there with Jamie. Yeah, to, who knows? To I, like this is this him. one I truly do believe could just be a case of subconscious. And I agree. I like that a little stump. more in this instance because it's very much like a the werewolf magic is there, and so it's that's why it's just weird so and vivid, vivid and yeah. fucking intense, but. Like I, I don't think maybe there's anything kind of Mystical, actively showing him sure. this. I think it could just be Jamie's going through some shit. He, he's changing, but <laughs> uh, yeah, she has a sword, and it's it takes a little bit. But Jamie eventually realizes that it's a fucking tourney sword, so it's blunted it's and doesn't can't cut the. It's not hurting shit. the bear. Steel Shanks is like, yeah, this doesn't concern us. Lord Bolton said the wench was theirs to do with as they pleased. Her name's Brienne. Jamie says, Ooh. and goes to the Lord's box where Vargo Hope is sitting. Of course he is. Get and her out of there. Stay out of this king class. She bit off my ear. <laughs> Which, like, fuck you, yeah, My girl. Yeah. Fucking biting ears off way back when. Mike Tyson. Now, is that inspiration for Biter later on? I think I think it could Do be a little, Do you think that's inspiring like, him to be like, that's that bit... I'll show you. Right. Did did biters like see it? it yeah. Mm-hmm, it, it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the bear roars, which draws Jamie's attention back down. He shouts encouragement, but Brienne. What are you going to die? Dip, dodge, and die. But then, as Brienne very quickly dodges out of the way, thinks, there's the wench I remember. Like. All right, now you're immediately wenching her up again. Yeah, right. Wenching her up. But her also, name's Brienne. Like, yeah, there's the wench. Yeah. And then he yeah. comes up with the best plan. He knows that Steel Shanks has got to get him to King's. Well, Land. he kind of pit because he's like, "I'll pay her ransom, whatever, like whatever the fuck you want." And he he likes to start sort of just throwing shit out to Tensions Hope. Tensions get high, but Hope tells him, "You want her, go and get her." So he did. Great idea, Hope. That's gonna make sure that my man Steel Shanks is like, "Yo." Don't let that bear hurt Jamie Lannister. It says fragile on this package. Right. <laughs> Jamie jumps down into the pit and he's like, What up? Get behind me. No, no, no. Just get behind me. Yeah. It's cool. Him and Brian cool. go back and forth for a minute and he reaches down and grabs a jawbone. He's like, Oh, sick. Nice. So he uh, ends up having to trip Brianne as she tries to get in front of him and straddles her. As the bear charges, then the bear is lit up with a whole hail of crossbow bolts and dies pretty gloriously, the poor guy. Poor bear didn't deserve it either, man. For some reason, I think I like to picture the bear in a dress also, not just Brienne. And like, I feel like the bear wants to wear a dress too. The bear can wear a dress. Word. So, yeah, uh, Seal Shanks is having enough of it. He says he'll do the exact same to Hope if there's trouble. And he says that we're taking the wench with us. They have the numbers game. Yeah, they're all drunk anyway, and they were just chilling. Like, <laughs> you know. Bro, you come and kill our vibe. Right. Like Bitch, don't kill my vibe. Yeah, which, this is your vibe. All right. Right. So, yeah, Seal Shanks is like, we're done with this, and we're taking the wench. And Jamie says her name is Brienne, the maid of Toth. You are still a maiden, I hope. Yeah. Oh, good. I only rescue maidens. (laughs) Jamie says that he'll pay both his and Brienne's ransom to Hote. And Rorge tells Hote, fuck that, kill them. Kill them or you'll wish you had. 
and Hope lets them go. Because <laughs> fuck Robert. And half a league from Heron Hall, Steel Shanks loses it on Jamie. And he's like, that was fucking stupid. You better make sure you tell your father the good shit. And then rides off. And Brienne's like, Lord Jamie, like, I'm grateful. But why? Like, you were away. You were done. You were clear. A dozen quips, each crueler than the last, ran through his mind. Because I dreamed of you. Bam. Jamie's a simple guy. I just flooded my basement. I flood my basement. I wish he would dream of me. Sometimes. Jamie's just a simple guy, man. He's just, just a simple dude. He's just a simple guy. You put a little dream in his head. <laughs> Brienne is sexy as shit, and he's realizing it. That, you know, it's not all about physical features. And honestly... I don't think, like, Brienne is half as ugly as, like, people are making it out to be. Like, uh, uh, yeah, it's a very cruel medieval time where if anybody is, yeah, a, a Even, like, slightly woman, disproportional right, or it, not like, fitting of, like, the stereotype that they're meant to be in these dainty maids. Right. look like, how cruel they were to Tyrion, who's just, he's just a dwarf. Yeah, right, like that's right, not, right. That's not, that's not that crazy. That's not he's not a demon monkey. Yeah. Yeah, like it, right, it true. Just, yeah. He's just, he just a perp. He's just a people. He's just, he's just a people. He's just small. He's her. just a people. Like, like, and so to be, uh, Brienne's almost the opposite of him, where he's this bigger, but like, damn, this world is harsh as fuck. Yeah. Uh, she does probably have a... Uh, a bit of that beauty taken away when she gets her Oh, yeah, that's not off. to say that, like, you know, she's... I, I'm not saying that, like, no, she's the hottest thing at the fucking ball. Right, but, but like, she's not this disgusting, I don't think, yeah, right. she's gross, as gross being or there. unattractive yeah, yeah. as people make it out to be, but... That's just, you know, neither here nor there, I guess. So we're going to convene our small council and get you guys some inductees. Get along. That was the first time that Jamie understood. It was not his skill with sword and lance that had won him his white cloak, nor any feats of valor he'd performed against the King's Wood Brotherhood. Ares had chosen him to spite his father, to rob La Lord Tywin of his heir. Bum, bum, ba, da, I I really like how how much we see the resentment towards. Yeah, Jamie got, a, Jamie got a shit deal. Jamie got a shit deal. Jamie He's, got a shit deal. And then he gave another kid a shit deal. Like, you know, like, let's pass it on. Pass on the generational trauma. Generational, generational trauma. 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 You got an inductee? For I do. Jamie I do. Six. I do. It is going to be Steel Shanks Walton. Steel Shanks. Um, like I said before, I believe that he's very much so the. Jamie equivalent to Tyrion's Jacelyn Bywater. Mm -hmm. And so he he's very much uh I think he's a bit more blunt than Jacelyn. He's sure. a little less he's more the I was out in the battle and just kind of worked my way up just for doing the job as opposed to being good at the job. Yeah. Um but he he's very like we don't we don't we're going the wrong way. Like no, we don't need to go back but we're back and so like how about y'all just shut the fuck up, realize that there's, like, 400 of us and, like, 30 of you guys. Like, shut the fuck up and get the get her out. The wedge. You're not gonna? All right, then we're, we killed your bear. Good we killed bear. your fucking bear. 
What do you? Blah, can't, blah. Yeah, skill and we're saying skill, and we're gonna right <laughs> exactly. And so yeah, I think that he's uh he's a pretty honor driven dude. Not that he's a good guy, no, right. by any means, but. Uh, Who the fuck is in this book? There you go. So, Steel Shanks Walton. Cool. Yeah, uh, my inductee is going to Pia, because uh, I would like to keep her safe from being stuck there with the bloody mummers. So, pour one out for Pia, because she's going to be going through it real soon, real, real, real bad. You're breaking my heart, man. So, we got some inductees from you listeners, and I will start here with Kristen's. Yeah, okay. Who had lots of fun parallels oh. to point out to the very big parallel between Bran and Jamie opening their eyes in that parallel Arya about the worth, what she's worth to her family, and Tyrion. Lots of Tyrion-esque moments. My lack of a hand bothers me, and other moments that Tywin or that Tyrion would probably be proud of with Jamie, but Kristen wants to induct Steelshanks Walton here. He is caught between Roose Bolton's wrath if he fails to deliver Jamie, and Tywin Ran- Lannister's wrath if Jamie decides not to tell the truth. And I do not envy that. And I'd like to welcome him into our safe space of the Brotherhood. So that's two for Steelshanks. So Steelshanks is getting double time. Nice to spend some time here in the Brotherhood. Great, great inductee, Kristen. <laughs> Relax, Just spectacular. Nate. All right, Nate. All right. You gonna read one or you? Yeah, I'm just trying to find the inductee in this one, but I guess it's basically. So this one's gonna come to us from Erica. Uh, thank you, Erica, for writing in, and she she's pretty excited to hear about the the breakdown that we did about the dreams. But essentially, she's here to just swoon about Jamie, and so there's a a lot of. Oh yeah, she does say she inducts Jamie in there. It, it, yeah, because yeah, yep. there's oh there mm-hmm. it is. I love this so much that I simply couldn't induct anyone else but Jamie yeah. this week. So <laughs> this is the point where he became one of her favorite characters in the series. Talking top three here, and the chapter gives us a chance to see how far we've come with Jamie as a character. Mm-hmm. Here he becomes that chivalrous true knight ideal girls like Brienne and Sansa used to dream about, and this is the last thing we would have thought of him when we met him back in Game of Thrones. He's still fucking his sister for sure and is a <laughs> shitty person in a few ways, right. but it cannot be ignored that he's capable of something like this. It's so awesome how George can spin his characters, and what makes this even more awesome is that he does this big gallant thing for Brienne when he's crippled, when he's not really in his usual competent element, so that's double cool. Sorry for the ramblings. I just love Jamie. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Cheers, guys, and see you on the next one. Thank you, Erica. Thanks, Erica. Wonderful. We love swooning yeah, with no, you Jamie over some Jamie. Like, uh, there, wasn't there an episode a long time ago where you were wanting Jamie's sword or something? I mean, like, I'm always begging for a sword. Word. And Me I mean, and Brian, as we yeah. learned this chapter, sword play, sword play equals sex. sex. I mean, like, come on. Do I need to say it any clearer? <laughs> We also got an inductee from Amanda Crane. She says, this chapter is amazing. Can't wait to see what you guys think. My inductee is Brienne. She's one of my favorites for so many reasons that I do not have time to list. LOL. And then just some musical emojis with the, the bear and the maiden fair. Mwah! Chef's kiss. So, thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Brienne. Amanda. I, I have to agree, because it's funny. My first read-through, Brienne kind of annoyed me. Sure. My second read-through and the rest since then... 
she's in my top three. I just, I adore everything about her. Yeah. Everything she does, everything she is. It's Brienne just, didn't ever annoy me. She it was, me. I wasn't sure where we were getting at with her. Like, she, because she was on this seemingly impossible search that I knew she was looking in the wrong places the whole time. And so it was just kind of like a, a where, what, 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 where, why? But now, obviously... Yeah, uh, I, I can chill the fuck out. I don't know what wall I was smashing my face into when I was first reading it to make me. Well, yeah, you're reading with for her, plot. But... You're reading to see what happens in the the big overall. You know, it's a little. I, I first read throughs are much different than when you're rereading for different details and to watch things. Sure, so. sure. But thank you so much, Amanda. Yes. Yeah. You're good. You're good. So was that three? That's three. That was three. One more. We have one more this episode from Karen. Thank you for writing in, Karen. Karen, uh, her inductee, I, didn't, I should be more prepared for this shit. Her inductee this week is uh, the Weirwood stump that made Jamie realize he had to go back for her. There's a little nesting spot. So she also mentioned some other things in her email here. Just some of the Red Wedding foreshadowing and, uh, you, you know, you got anything you like to pull out from there? I like that at the begin- it starts with Kyburn. Always like to check <laughs> in with that crazy loon. But, yeah, no, thanks, Karen. Great inductee. Uh, the yeah, the werewolf stump, stump is... Um, the stumps, man, they're, they're in Arya 8. They're in this Jamie right. chapter. It's, so, it's good to get, get them in here just because of how prevalent they've been in every single chapter, and so I like that you're cementing it in just to keep it fresh in the mind because I, I really want to kind of draw focus towards that in, as we're moving forward closer and closer to the Red Wedding. We're so, getting there. Thank you, Karen, for Thanks, writing in. Thanks, Karen. And we appreciate everyone who wrote in this week, this month. this When you when you got us your inductees, we appreciate We've it. We've had some for a while. Some of you got yours in just recently, and we appreciate all of it. We're glad you all got them in. And if you would like to write in, you can do so through our email, withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. That's where everybody writes in. You can reach us on all the different social medias. I'm on Twitter at mannerswithout. You're over there. What are you? At Carstark92. That's that guy. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast, and we have a website. Webby, you webby, know. Web page. It's, you know, it's it's simple. It's there for, it serves its purpose, but it does have a contact us button, so feel free to use that if you want to write in there. You can just go to brotherhoodwithout.com. There's other places, right, that we're reachable. What else? Do you, you want to do a plug here? For what? Anything, you know. Spotify. Um, all right, good one. Search Brotherhood Without Manners on Spotify. You can also check us out on patreon.com slash without manners. We are, as we mentioned, prepared to be laying out regular content on a schedule, including Patreon episodes. So we have lots of content coming your way. Get ready. We back in this bitch. Leave us a v- review, a podcast review on the various podcast reviewing platforms. You can go to ratethispodcast.com slash brotherhood, and it will actually just pull up a thing that lets you click on the best site for you to leave a review on. So feel free. We appreciate it. Next episode, we're reading Catlin 5, uh, which means that Cat has three chapters left, y'all. Damn. Till the old... Yeah, and there's... it's George is just getting fucking... Just loose with his his foreshadowing of this this terrible terrible moment. Loose in our lives. and floppy. And so, join us for Catlin. Send us your inductees for Catlin Five. A lot of you already did, and we have those. We thank you. Uh, those of you who haven't, you can do that. Who's and then after, after that is Samwell Three. Sam. So it's been a minute. Inductees for Cat Five. Samwell Three, and we will catch you on the flippity flop. Ballard to Harris. Peace. Peace.